Who doesn't love love? Am I right? I'm going to be brutally honest. I don't believe I've ever experienced love. Not in a romantic sense. Yes, of course, in the unconditional notion with my parents and also between my sparkly ray of sunshine friends. But not in the way where you find a partner and apparently have that sickeningly achy feeling that you simply can't live without them. So I thought the best place to start with a podcast all about learning lessons about love would be at the foundations of love for me, my grandparents. Honestly, their story is sweet enough to give you a toothache. My grandparents teaching us all lessons they've learnt about love. My name is Lucinda McAfee and you're listening to Tell Me About Love. But before we kick into it, let me give you the lowdown on my grandparents. Star-crossed lovers, Len, came from a working-class family in the Brisbane Bayside suburb of Wynnum. He left school at the age of 13 for a career in plastering, one which actually turned out to be quite successful. Anne, hailing from a middle-class family in Warrington, relatively near the middle of England, lost her mother at the age of five, who died giving birth to her sister, who also passed away. Then she lost her father at the age of 14. She grew up under the guardianship of her relatively tough auntie and uncle before deciding at age 17 she'd move to London and become a nurse. When approaching his mid-twenties, Len decided it was time to pack up and see the world with a bunch of his pals. So he boarded a six-week ship headed for London. And that, in essence, is where our story begins. To set the scene for you, we're sitting down at my grandparents' marble dining room table. Their house is lined with velvet textured wallpaper, lit with ornate chandeliers, floored with Italian marble, and filled with a bunch of trinkets and antiques they've picked up from their travels all over the world. Can you tell that I've done some copywriting for real estate? In other words, it's a pretty grand looking space. This is mainly because my grandpa is a huge fan of the stylings of the Italian Renaissance, and often tells us there are two people in this world, Italian and those who want to be Italian. Which I guess, with the last name of McAfee, we probably would fall into the latter. Essentially, they've styled their home and our family ethos around that beautiful culture. Our family all grew up living on the same street, in a place that outsiders seem to want to call the compound. Mainly because it looks gated, I guess. To break it down, there's my grandparents, they had four children, and then from that I think there's like 15 grandchildren, and then a couple of great-grandchildren. We're constantly up in each other's grills, grew up in each other's pockets, and each week we meet up for a Sunday morning coffee and scone session, right in this house that we're recording in. My grandma Anne is approaching her late 80s. She's sweet but cheeky, always dressed immaculately and smells beautifully crisp. Plus she has a sore spot for trashy magazines that no doubt feature the latest goss on the royal family, or for some unknown reason, the irrelevant Beckuit. My grandpa Len is 93. You can always spot him in a fisherman's vest and a pair of old brown corduroys. He's interested in literally everything. He's a surfer at heart. His office is full of many leather-bound books, all of which he's read. And he's a keen gardener. So often if you walk into their house and you see him sitting out on the patio, he's listening to the gardening show on his portable radio and taking notes. That was a bit of a detour, but I feel like it's necessary to set the scene of my family dynamic and grandparents. 
Okay, so I'm sitting down with my grandparents at their dining room table, which usually is reserved for special family dinner occasions. We're all having a mid-morning coffee, but my grandparents, Len and N, are here to spill the proverbial tea on the incredibly beautiful lessons that they've learnt from their 69 years of marriage. Alright, if we're to dive into the story, I'll catch you back up to where we were. Grandma Anne is working as a nurse and living in London. Grandpa Len has spent six long weeks on a ship headed for London. And on that ship, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So he and his buddies, when they weren't swimming or sinking beers, they were watching repeats of the only movie that seemed to play on the boat day after day, which was called Dance Hall. I think we got there on about a Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, we packed, found a place to stay, and then Thursday went and looked for jobs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a job up in on the Air, English Air Force, no, American Air Force, at... Um, Reading. Um, what was Red, that? Reading. Reading, yeah, Reading, yeah. And I was to start on the Monday. Mm -hmm. So here we are, about Thursday, Wednesday, no, and about Reading's Thursday. Reading's like uh, an hour, like it's kind of near Oxford, like an oh, hour out of no, London? No, it would be about, uh, about an hour away in the train, yeah. in the train, yeah, mm -hmm. but it was... A job that you you lived in. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't come home you every night. Commute. You, you lived yeah. in the in the in the camp. Mm -hmm. So I uh, took that on, and then uh, we were breaking our necks to get up and see these pommy girls. And uh, on the on the Saturday night, it was the Friday. I'm Friday. Sure, Friday. We went to the dance floor, and uh, there was Miss Beautiful <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> and I said to the boys, "Oh, isn't she a good sort?" <laughs> I'll ask her for a dance, <laughs> expecting a knockback. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I asked for a dance, but she didn't know what I was saying. Oh, yeah, because you were Australian. <laughs> no, it was the Australian accent. Yeah. The accent, I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't understand. Anyway. Um, we had a good night, didn't we? Yeah, hang on. I'll have okay, something to say. Yeah. So tell us your recount of the, my, of the story, my, Grandma. My, now, as a nurse, I, w I would work certain hours, and if I had the evening off, it would be 5.30 until 10.30 and I had to be home. Um, and as it was, I did enjoy dancing, although I'd been on my feet all day. Mm -hmm. It was one way to get another kind of exercise. So I used to go to the Hammersmith Palais maybe tw twice a week. And on Friday night was a night where you could get a drink if you wanted. But mm. I, I wasn't drinking then. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was on the dance floor and I saw these three guys standing up at the top of the stairs. And there was Ferg and, um, and Vicky, uh, two tall fellas, and then Len in the middle. Middle black, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I looked at him and he looked at me and he came down the stairs and uh, asked me to dance. And Grandpa... <laughs> We did the mid, we did the what shall I say the nightclub shuffle. Mm. Not the quick step, no. No, 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 no fancy steps whatsoever <laughs> because it was it was just the shuffle. Yeah. Uh, and after that, uh, we said we'll be in touch. And then he said, "I'll give you my address." So I couldn't. He said Mick, mm. and I couldn't. Well, I was called Mick. Everybody knew me as Mick. Because he looked like Mickey Rooney. When he was very young. And when I got Grandpa's address, 
but I didn't catch his second name. And uh, I sent the letter you to... Got, you had the address? I had the address. Yeah, everything. It was Mick, so-and-so, Reading. Mm-hmm. Right. And weeks went by, oh, well, a couple of weeks went by and... Just, oh, no, before a couple of weeks went by, <coughs> I used to go down to the mailbox... Waiting for the, a letter. The letters were delivered at a table like this and they put on the table. And those that weren't that picked up were put on the board, mm-hmm. on the board and put in a slot. So you were checking it every day well, to like see I whether... Well, I looked there and I thought, oh, well, Maybe just she's another not experience. <laughs> and then the, on the last, on the Friday, I uh, had a look at this. I said, and I picked it up and took it over to the bloke, the man, and said, would you mind opening this and just seeing if his Anne has signed that off? Oh, And he yeah. said, what? And then I explained... And he opened it up, and there it was. And it's written back. Yeah. No address, no address. Yeah. No address, yeah. but it had been addressed to Mick. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to cut a long story short, we uh, got in touch, and um, Pa says, uh, I'm going away, uh, but in the meantime, oh. we sort of um, went out together, and I don't know. It, it, suppose you can call it fate, mm-hmm. but... Um, we had, tickets. when we got to England, and the week after, the second week or the third week, some week, we'd gone and we had enough money to get to Canada. So we bought a ticket to Canada, three tickets to Canada. Oh. So I was committed to go to Canada. And in the meantime, we met each other and accepted each other, liked each other, and uh, I thought, what am I going to do? So how long do you think you had, like, dated or how many times you had seen each other before you went off to Canada? Uh, about you went four in four or five weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. About four or five weeks. Wow. So yeah. what do you think it was that you were like, this is it? I've, well, I have I to think look, we, we, we were attracted married. to each other. I think sometimes you lot, know. a lot to uh, talk about that we could talk together mm-hmm. and not be looking at each other and saying nothing. Yeah. Uh, and we, we accepted each other very yeah, well. Yeah. And I, I got to like Anne. And so around the corner he says, will you marry me? And I said, yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, um, after you'd come back from Canada, you were intending to get married or essentially yeah, engaged, yeah, but you were still in, in, had the option of not, not getting married. Oh, well, uh, we... We weren't, weren't sure of the situation around with the relatives. And with my yeah. relatives, yeah, you yeah. see. Yes. And they weren't, weren't really they weren't conducted to it, were they? Let's <laughs> yeah. say this, that uh, someone from Australia, <clears throat> don't know yeah. uh, what's he like, because he'd never met, and I think they were prejudging, which was not fair, and then I decided that... Pa said, you know, it's either now or never. So my immediate reaction was now. Mm-hmm. I uh, packed up my bags and I walked out of St Mary's Hospital and left my girlfriend to face the music for me. So, I mean, before you got to that stage, had you asked your family, um, I'm thinking of getting married no. to Len? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. They Ent- just entirely had said, secret, dear. Right. Okay, so <laughs> they, they just said, oh, we don't like him. He's Australian. Well, you know, we there's a yeah. bit of, a lot of things concerned. I was only a plasterer. 
Right. And uh, they were a bit aristocratic. And, uh, right. So they thought you were marrying <laughs> no, no, down. No, no. I mean, didn't, didn't, my didn't, they didn't accept the they my, didn't accept the association, really, no. did they? My mm. uncle yeah. was a <clears throat> sort of captain in the Indian Army, yeah. and uh, he was a bank Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, no, not meaning derogatory about people who work in a bank, mm. but in those days, uh, they they thought they were cut above everybody else. Right. And uh, Auntie was a teacher, uh, and I could never actually call them Auntie Peg or Aunt, Uncle Alan. It was always Auntie and Uncle. Right. Uh, and they sent me to elocution lessons so that I would lose my Lancashire Northern accent. accent. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, which didn't work. It did. To a, it might have softened it to a degree, but uh, as far as anything else, it didn't work. I mean, I'm me. Yeah. Full stop. What you see is what you get. So at this stage in the story, we've already established Anne and Len have met at a rather whimsical dance floor, had this whirlwind romance, agreed to get married, then partook in this pen palmanship for a few months while Len was working in Canada and Anne in London. Then when Len comes back to London hoping to marry Anne, he comes up against her family, a relatively aristocratic sort who weren't accepting of his status, and the fact that he was Australian. I'm now realising that this is a real life and local Nicholas Spark situation. So they decide to elope and run off to the romantic Newport in Wales to get married in an ever so quaint ceremony. Grandma has packed up her bags and snuck away from the nurse's quarters without telling a soul, and they've boarded the train, headed for Wales. So we bought a dress, and it was um, uh, royal blue with lots of pleats in it, very, very pretty. It was a fine day, so I walked, I walked with Beryl. The year was? Mm-hmm. 1953. 53, yeah. Right. So we walked down, we walked down to the church, mm-hmm. And um, Pa and uh, Brian, Brian, what's his name? Bernard. Jim. Bernard, Bernard, Bernard Dagnall, yeah. Beryl's mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we walked there and we walked into the church and uh, Reverend Lee Oliver was the wow. minister. Yeah. It. Um, so we got married and Beryl, <clears throat> not being 21, uh, she she was able to sign the uh, marriage, the marriage certificate. certificate, but she had to, that somebody else had to sign it as well. And then we departed to have our lunch, which was really extravagant. We had um, liver and onions. No wedding, wedding dinner. Oh, sorry. Not lunch. Well, wedding dinner. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> was was liver and onions and. Liver uh, onions. And then never, they, never and, had it since. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, to celebrate that, we went to the movies to see Salome. That's uh, great. <laughs> what a great wedding celebration. So, in the, that's a I perfect mean, choice. That's fine. But you went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> big day. Oh, big, big day. day. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's it. A beautifully planned out, extravagant wedding day topped off with a by the sounds of a pretty revolting dinner and then a movie of which grandpa fell asleep in. After their, once again, whirlwind wedding, they're living at a place they've rented in Wales when they get a knock at the door. Grandma's auntie and uncle have sent the police after them 
claiming Len had kidnapped Anne. There was a knock on the door and two policemen were there. Mm-hmm. Ah, are you? Yes, I am. And uh, <laughs> we, we've been looking for, for you for a long time. And they said, uh, your guardians are concerned about you and would like you to go home. And I said, I'm not going. Yeah. So it was my choice. In the long run, uh, I had to go back home and uh, see Auntie and Uncle. And Len didn't come. I was the one who went home. And Uncle Alan sent a letter to your grandfather saying he wanted to know exactly whether or not... He wanted more history. He got, have you been uh, married before? Have oh, you been wow. in trouble? <laughs> have you done this? Have you done that? And have you done that? Well, I guess getting all the burning questions at your family was, would probably usually be yeah, well, out well, of the was, way. This was the way it was those days. Yeah. It wouldn't be today, but it was then, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, the point was that it, it wasn't necessary. I'd made up my mind. Uh, they weren't happy about it, but that's unfortunate. This is me. Mm. Uh, and I don't think, had we not decided to get married, I would have had a totally different life. Mm. Do you think that, I mean, when you were growing up, you thought that is kind of the age you'd get married and that you always would get married? Cause, I, I didn't mean, even it think was about that. regular age, I no, guess, I didn't to think get about married. It. Yeah. I, you know, your life evolves and I think there's a certain amount of fate that is there that you're set out for and it could go one way or the other. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, it went the right way. Yeah. From here, my grandparents lived in Canada, then America where they had their first child. But after realising it was a bit too dangerous living in Chicago at the time, they relocated back to Australia where they've called home for quite some time. However, for a long number of years after their wedding, my grandma's family cut off ties with her and her new family. Around 10 years passed before a relative of grandma's was able to track her down and start to repair the relationship, one which is actually quite healthy today. Even though her direct relatives of the time have passed away, Anne is very much still in touch with her cousins and second cousins, etc. So much so that all of our family members are in regular contact with them. Consider them our own cousins, and any time we've been in England, they've welcomed us with open arms. So I guess we are now 69 years from, or it will be in September, from when you got married. Um, So I'm interested to know, over those years, um, what do you think you've learned about the other person, I guess your 69 years as a relationship, um, and maybe what from the relationship you've learnt about yourself? Well, I don't know, but for 60 years is a long time, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just starting to get to know Anne now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as he winks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's marvellous how we knew each other and we've always said and always will say, <clears throat> we're not two people. Hmm. We're one person. And I think that's been the whole secret of our success. We're one person. Hmm. Working together. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, What about you, Grandma? What do you feel like you've learnt from Grandpa? Tolerance. (laughs) 
Uh, I think the most important thing is to uh, work as a team. Never open your mouth and say something that you can't retract because having said it, there's no way you're going to get it back. Um, I wanted to ask, what is something that you admire about the other person? Uh, a characteristic or a trait that you admire? Well, the first one with that is beside our greatest friendship ever. Yeah. Is uh, her memory. She has a terrific memory. Yep. She can really remember, does. Oh, and Every especially in the detail. movie world, she can... T- <laughs> So you can tell him which picture was which, who was in that, what did he say? Well, and even, even, he even when we've been away and we've travelled quite a bit, um, she can remember what restaurant we went to in Berlin or wherever it was. Uh, like it's, 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 it's just marvellous. What is something that you admire about Grandpa? His tenacity. Uh, no swearing. No swearing. I'm not swearing, do you? <laughs> No, you you know, you stick to your guns and um, I think perseverance uh, and it's caring. Is there something that you do for each other, something small that you might not even think of um, that you do for each other each day that kind of like you feel like it shows your affection or something? that Yeah, I get me breakfast in bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Our grandpa delivers your breakfast oh, in yeah. bed. Nice, yeah. nice cup of tea. Usually <laughs> breakfast is laid out on the kitchen table the night before, so you're ready. That's right. They're all, 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 set set up. Up. all done to routine. Yeah, uh-huh. routine, yeah. routine. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, we we do things together and uh, if we cook together, uh, which I think... Drink together. Drink together. Yeah. What do you do or what have you done in the past to overcome challenges in your relationship? And also are there any like lessons, I guess, maybe you've learned from that that you or pieces of advice that you'd want to pass on to anyone else, I mean, from your 69 years of marriage? That's right. We've never really ever had an argument, have we? No. Disagreement, but never an argument, never a bawling match. Well, we both, as I said, we're one. Mm. We're not two people, we're one person, and we both know each other what to do and what not to do. How do you think that, um, why do you think it is that you haven't had an argument? Is it because you both just uh, understand the well, other person's side? I think it's all side? in the mind. It's all in the mind. And okay. probably both our backgrounds. We've seen a bit earlier on, mm-hmm. and we've learned from what we learned early. Mm-hmm. And we carried it through, I think. I, you know, I mean, otherwise, how, how can you explain it? Yeah. I, I honestly So all I say, <laughs> if I have my chance again, I married you ten years earlier. Oh, my God. Go, how about that, huh? Does that solve it? Well, yeah, well, I think I'd be a little girl then. Yeah, I don't know that would be allowed. Well, I could take Sometimes probably uh, somebody would say to you, how do you know your mind at a young age of 18 mm-hmm. that you have picked or that know the right person yeah and i guess people come to that conclusion maybe now nowadays they might come to it at like 30 they might have been with someone for a few years and then that's the time in in the life now where you think can i spend the rest of my life with this person Mm. um do you have any advice for like for people maybe 
in a relationship or something along those lines that how do you know? Or how can you be wise for somebody else? It's a question of tolerance. It's working together. It's not you're working as a team and not as an individuals. It's to make a family. It's always teamwork and um, compassion and uh, obviously discipline. I think that's important. Um, And what else? Sharing. 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 We share everything. Bank accounts, furniture. The apple crumble at the new farm deli. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Everything we share. There's nothing that is mine and nothing is ours. All I can suggest is if if they want to find out, try for 70 years and (laughs) and then drop me a line and ask me, did it work? Yeah. Um, No, it's, it's, it's... working together and knowing that you have, to some extent, have a wonderful family, <coughs> uh, a caring family, uh, and 15 hmm. marvellous uh, grandchildren, plus four and a bit four and great, right in the uh, great grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, is... Um, Plus your four children, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that comes that's as it. A, mm-hmm. they're, they're, uh, they, they've all made a success of what they are or were or still doing. And that to us is important because mm-hmm. they've done it on their own. And uh, we enjoy their company. Mm. Well, so much so that <clears throat> after all these years and after all the children, <clears throat> we can honestly say that we've never had a brush with any of them. Mm. Never mm. had a brush with any. We can think what we think, but we've never discussed it or argued or anything like that. Mm. I mean, disagreed on a point, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing else. No big argument or clash or holding anything against anyone. Yeah. Well, I guess that is the sign of a great family. Yeah, I think yeah, we so. Have. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. Um, well, that's it. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh. Yeah. You're most welcome, dear. Oh, it's been lovely. Well, there you have it. The remarkably sweet story of two people who have formed one of the greatest partnerships I've seen in my life. Honestly, I could fill hours and hours of conversations with my grandparents and all their stories. They have an incredibly colourful past full of exciting travels to exotic places and some pretty crazy local stories too. However, in keeping with the podcast theme of love, we will just stick to the one. They've built a beautiful life together and an incredibly tight-knit, loving family unit, which in itself is pretty admirable. That's our first episode of Tell Me About Love, done and dusted. First cab off the rank. I really can't thank you enough for listening if you've made it to this point. I hope that my grandparents' story fills you with as much bliss as it does for me. If you want to stay up to date for when the next ep is coming, you could subscribe to the podcast on whatever streaming platform you're currently using, and I would love you for that. If you want to connect with me for some reason, you can find me on the gram at Gooseface Killer. Sorry. (laughs) At some point, I may change that name. 
maybe. I would like to thank my precious grandparents Len and Anne for allowing me to tell their story and dropping some cute as pearls of wisdom. I would also like to acknowledge that I recorded and created this podcast on unceded Turrbal and Yagara land and pay my respects to elders past, present and those emerging. My name is Lucinda McAfee and I would absolutely love it if you would get out there and go and tell someone you love them.